Welcome to the How of Car Washing, the podcast that helps the car wash owner, operator, and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez. Welcome to this episode of the How of Car Washing. It's Henry Lopez and David Begin here today. David, how are you? I'm good, good. How are you doing, Henry? Doing well. So this is a, uh, a different type of episode. It's the first time we've done this. And what it is, is we are taking an episode that we had previously recorded and released for the How of Business, our other podcast. And it's on the topic of ideation. We'll explain what we mean by that in a moment. But it's a topic and a conversation that David had, David and I rather had on this topic that we think is very appropriate and relevant for a car wash operator and owner. And so we are going to introduce it here and then let you listen to it because I think, again, uh, I think you would agree, David, there's a lot of takeaways in this episode on ideation. But explain, if you would, what we mean by ideation. Yeah, ideation is really uh, generating ideas uh, for your, and typically it's going to be for your business. It could be brand new ideas on how to offer services or uh, how to develop a different type of equipment configuration or Lots of different different ways that you can have ideation. But as you're thinking about your business and you're thinking of ideas, um, ideation is the process we go through uh, to come up with the good idea. And uh, as Seth Godin said, we'll talk about this later, but he talks about uh, you're never going to have a good idea unless you have a lot of bad ideas. So right. it's the process of whether you're going to think about getting into a business what do you need? To, you know, you think about the 50 different type of businesses you can get into to come up with a one or if you want to offer some uh, extended services for your car wash customers, what are some ideas or what are some services you might do? You might go through 30 or 40 before you get to the one or two that uh, that you get to. But the car wash industry is very good about thinking of ideas. I think we like to share ideas. So a lot of people like to go on car wash tours uh, with different associations around the country to see how other car wash operators operate. We go to trade shows. We go to um, meetings to talk about how we're doing and get ideas from other people. So ideas don't always have to be brand new. They can be improvements or they could be a disruption of the way we're doing things. So I think very few people have brand new ideas, but uh, we could be borrowing ideas from other people or thinking of better ways to do it. You've also made the observation, though, David, that sometimes in the car wash business, we tend to be rather insular. We We kind of look at each other's ideas, but maybe we're not often as good at looking at ideas from other industries, from other walks of life, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think you're starting to see people get better at that. I think, uh, you know, we're starting to look at the retail environment. How do we create more of a retail experience for our customers? You're starting to see people develop car washes that are more retail feeling. And, we're you know, we're going to be borrowing ideas, I believe, in this industry from a much wider circle than we have in the past. Yeah. All right. So in this episode that follows, again, on ideation, you'll hear David and I discuss these various topics. At the beginning, we get a little bit into new ideas for a new business, and that might not completely apply to all of you. But then we get into a lot of the 
other components of thinking of new ideas that you would apply to improve your wash business. So all of that definitely applies. And our sources, how David and I kind of spark and, and help to cultivate new ideas and then how we vet those ideas, which is critical. You know, you and I have had this discussion often about whether ideas are cheap, they're a dime a dozen, or whether they're hard to come up with. And I've, I go back and forth on it, but it's a complex topic. The key is that as business owners, regardless of what business we are in, we always need to be evolving. We always need to be growing and vetting ideas, ideas that come to us and deciding which ones to implement, which ones to avoid or wait on. That's the, that's a tricky part of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think people, um, people, you gotta, you gotta be an idea generation machine to really get good ideas. So don't be afraid of being able to wade through a lot of bad ideas before you get to a good one. Great. So here is the episode on ideation. Welcome to the How of Business with David and Henry. Henry, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you this evening? Good, good. Happy New Year. Same to you. We're recording this in the brand new year of 2016, excited about our opportunities. And when we talk about opportunities, it takes us to our topic today, which is? Ideation. A new a new word for me. You're not new, but, but a recent addition. I, you've used it quite a bit, but I... I uh, kind of have not used it before, but I love it. It means the process of creating new ideas, obviously. Yeah, we're hearing that term quite a bit now. I'm hearing it in assessment tools. Mm. People say, do you have high ideation or low ideation, uh, which is an interesting idea. So we'll talk about that and what it means and what it means to a business owner. Yeah, and this podcast will be a little bit more abstract, uh, a, a little less specific uh, than our other uh, episodes have been in that we're going to just discuss this. We have some ideas on the structure of the conversation here, but just we're just going to go where it takes us and we have some ideas on this. And I I think we both have thought about this, but I brought this up, David, because I come up, come across this often as I'm working with clients who are looking to start a business or as we chat with prospective or aspiring entrepreneurs. And it seems to always come up and it comes up for us as well. This, this concept of an idea, is my idea good enough? How do I come up with new ideas? Oh my gosh, how do I, how, how could I possibly come up with this incredible idea and come up with this new invention and, and get rich off of that. And so I think we put so much pressure on it that it's a very interesting topic to dive into. I thought. Agreed. Agreed. And all businesses start with some idea. And so we're going to talk about how people formulate the idea and then going on to how people execute that idea. And I've, I've gone back and forth on whether the idea part is easy. So there have been times when I've, been, I've thought ideas are cheap, ideas are easy. It's the execution. It's the resources, meaning the people and the money part that's hard. And then other times I go back and say, well, maybe that's not the case. So I, I don't know. I can go back and forth on that. I know that uh, there's definitely an approach and a process that I try to apply to coming up with new ideas, whether that's a completely new idea for a new business or an idea to help us grow our existing business. What, what's your thought on that and whether ideas are, yeah. are easy or is that the hard part? I get hard on people that come up with ideas but don't want to really execute mm -hmm. them. We and I have come up with a lot of good ideas for businesses, but we just don't have the time, energy, or effort to pursue them. And so I tend to lean more on the side of – you know, their ideas can be a dime a dozen. It's are you passionate about it and are you willing to see it through and try to execute it? And I think for every 10 ideas, maybe one of them might morph into a business. 
Yeah, and, I, and that's one of the ways I want to end this episode will be with some questions to ask, certainly some questions that I ask myself and that I help uh, clients ask themselves to validate whether an idea has some merit and then and then you go forward. So I think, I think there are phases or gates or go, no go decisions and that's how you really flesh out an idea to see if there's really something there. Right. So, so to that point, I'll touch very briefly on what I think the process is and certainly the process that we usually follow. You start with an idea, again, whether that's a new idea for a business or an idea to grow or expand your existing business. You do some level of research, some level of vetting, get more information, look into it, how much will it cost, what's the impact, all of those things. You get that preliminary go, no go that, yep, this idea still seems like it has some value and it's something that we could execute on and it makes sense. Then you go into planning. So now let's take a deeper dive. Let's put together a pro forma, perhaps. Let's uh, put some numbers to it. Let's make sure that it really is something that we can execute and how will we execute it? How will we start it or integrate it? And then prototyping it, if possible. That doesn't apply to all ideas, but certainly you can test or prototype. If it's a menu edition, for example, you might test it. You might uh, do it for a small period of time or just at one location, or you might do a project around it. And then you launch it. And then there's this whole concept, which we have been getting better and better at, which is that you iterate and evolve. And then at some point, that idea has an exit strategy of some sort. Now, that's that's really compressing it, but that's the way I look at the overall process. Right, and I would agree with that. So three basic types of ideas when it comes to a new idea, uh, meaning a, a, a new business idea, and we've kind of grouped them into three categories. I think most people would agree. They either fall into the category of something that's completely new, so a new idea or invention, something that is an improvement over an existing idea, and then thirdly, something we're seeing more of, certainly in this era, is a disruption of an idea. So the one you and I were struggling with the most, which is very interesting, and I, I would love our listeners, if you're commenting, to, to give us some ideas on the comments on what you think is a completely new idea that you've either purchased or seen or aware of in the last five years or so. We had a hard time coming up with some. We did. Uh, it was extremely difficult to come up with. And as we think about the ones we've came up with, so we came up with what we thought were some examples. We think maybe the Segway personal transportation device might be an example of a brand new idea or invention. The Oculus Rift, classes that let you play games in 3D virtual reality. And then the other one we came up with was the Fitbit. So something that tracks your steps and can track your sleep and, and do a lot of other things that give you information health-wise. As you think about that, are they, are, we really struggled with, are these brand new ideas or are they just improvements on existing ideas? I, I go back and think about Edison's light bulb. Was that a brand new idea or was that just an improvement on a gas lamp? Right. I don't know. It's, it's a great uh, discussion topic. And we're, we're going to come back to it as it relates to creativity and how creativity is also not necessarily about new ideas. But I don't want to jump just there yet. I want to do touch on the Segway. Uh, for those who are interested, the inventor of the Segway was a gentleman by the name of Dean Kamen. He, he's still alive, very much so. And there's mm -hmm. a great documentary on Netflix on him that is well worth watching. Uh, this guy is brilliant, uh, but so accessible. And just, I, I love those types of documentaries, jumping ahead a little bit about sources of ideas. But documentaries are one of the ways that I get new ideas. But if you watch this documentary, you can't help but think of 
wow, what an inspiration this guy is for creative thinking, for coming up with completely new things. And so right. that's, that's well worth watching. So yeah, so those are some of the things we came up with that were completely new ideas. Now, the point of why of that it's so hard is that then I think what I see with a lot of entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs and even ourselves is, is then you, you, you beat yourself up because you can't come up with a truly new idea as if that's the game. And, and right. that's such a challenge. And it's probably safe to say that out of 100 ideas, probably two to three of them might be brand new. Right. So to put yourself in a category where you're trying to come up with a brand new product or a brand new idea, it's pretty tough. Pretty tough. Pretty yeah. tough to do. Yeah, and it's typically, again, falls maybe in the invention category. Uh, but for most of us, uh, we're probably dealing then with one of the next two, which is either an improvement or a disruption. So an improvement is the classic uh, better mousetrap approach to developing a new product or a new business. It's, it's for example, in your business, David, the Exterior Express Car Wash was a new uh, evolution. It's not new anymore, but an evolution of the traditional full-service car wash, right? Correct, yeah. So it took an existing process and said, how can we make it better for both the customer and the business owner, and that came up to be the Exterior Express Car Wash. Uh, Virgin Airlines, certainly the airline business is not new, but they reinvented it, and you could say somewhat disrupted, but they reinvented how they go about doing it. And so right. they took an existing thing and made it better. It's easy, it might even be to say they went back to the old way of doing mm, it, point. which is actually treating customers pretty pretty well. <laughs> great point, great point. So. Um, LED lighting, you, you had mentioned that. That's that's a new way of doing it. Uh, yeah, that's, a, that's really revolutionizing lighting in a lot of different areas. And, um, you know, now, now if you go to any stage show, most of the lighting is LED lighting. Uh, most of the lighting uh, in car wash tunnels are LED. Uh, most of the lights that you see in vehicles nowadays have LED components to them. So that really has changed the way lighting going around the world and how much cheaper it is to operate LED lights versus incandescents. Yep. Yeah. And then the last one I wrote, which I couldn't believe as I was putting together these notes that it didn't come to me, but then my wife and I sat down last night to watch a, a uh, documentary on the retrofitting of one of the Disney cruise line ships was fascinating and just because I love that whole topic. But Disney, as we know, as you know, and as our listeners will certainly grow to learn, is that that's been one of my biggest influences in life, certainly in my business life. And uh, this was about the Disney cruise. And, and one of the gentlemen who was interviewed made this statement, or, or actually they played an interview clip of Walt Disney, which I've heard many times before, and that is that the way he came up with the idea for Disneyland was simply that he got tired of going to what before then were these really, I guess, I, obviously before our time, but not very inviting amusement parks or, uh, you know, the carnivals that would show up in town. Mm -hmm. And they were the kids loved it, but the adults hated it. And so his idea for Disneyland was to create a place where the entire family could have memorable, lasting, happy experiences. And that's what drove his idea for Disneyland, that it was a, okay. that it was appealing to the entire family, not just kids. And so that was a major improvement, and that's what drove him, a major improvement on what prior to that was a typical amusement park or a circus or traveling carnival in the United States. Um, and that, that has certainly has influenced me and in, in my sources of how I go about building a business how I get ideas. And at the end of the day, it crystallized for me in that moment and watching that documentary that that's, that's really what drives me is I want to recreate that kind of environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
So that's improving on an existing idea. That's probably the, the biggest category under which we all, all of us who are small business owners, are, our businesses are probably some version of that, some portion of uh, inventing a better mousetrap, whether that's a product or a service or a combination thereof. Yeah, my guess is that's probably 80 to 90% of the businesses out there now are just uh, making massive improvements on existing ideas. Yeah. And then so massive that you get to really the third category, which is disrupting an entire segment. So some obvious, very recent examples are Uber, uh, Airbnb, Amazon, of course, which has been around for a while now. Amazon completely revolutionized and disrupted an entire industry. And right. it, it'll never go back to the way it was. Um, and then I would argue that self-serve frozen yogurt, which is one of our businesses, was a disruption to the way that people purchased ice cream and frozen yogurt previously. And right. while you could argue that some of it was a fad, that self-serve component was a major disruption to the way that people interacted with their with this type of food, with desserts in particular. Right. Yeah. The ability for people to be able to do it themselves. Mm -hmm was much different than anything else out there at that point. So disruption is something that we can think about now because the internet and the internet of things and technology allows us to be able to do that which we would never have been able to do before uh, at a scale that would have been impossible previously. And so that's, you know, I challenge clients and I challenge myself to think about how do you develop something that can be disruptive? Not just look at things as to how you can make them better and that's your idea, but how could you disrupt something and really revolutionize how it's done or how it's accessed? So those are the three categories that I think about. So when I'm thinking of a new idea or I'm helping a client think of a new idea, I kind of think in those three buckets. And often if somebody is stuck, you know, so they're, so I'm chatting with someone who's, anxious to become a small business owner. They know they want to get out of their corporate environment, but they don't know where to start. And so just going through that exercise helps to start to break it into parts and start to come up with ideas. And that, that's really the way I go through it. I, I think I've told the story before that in 2007, my family and I, we decided we wanted to start a business together. And we spent a good three to six months just going through this ideation process. And we would We'd assign each other tasks. We'd meet once a week. We'd compare notes. We'd say, hey, how about this idea? We'd think through it, talk through it, vet it out, knock it out for whatever reason, maybe take one and do a little bit more research. So it is a process, and I think it's a process that sometimes it can come to you in a moment, and sometimes it can take years to, to develop an idea. So what, what was the process like for you? Did you? Was it something you found very enjoyable? You know, that's a darn good question. It was not enjoyable because it was, I found it to be, I found it stressful, if I'm honest, because I was frustrated with not being able to find an idea. And it was the first time that I had really methodically gone through that process, uh, not just by myself, but in a team of people, of, of you know, my, my family and trying to start a business. As I look back at it now, I'll, I've done it again the same way, but it was frustrating sometimes because we would hit dead ends and, and you want to get started on something. And we were enthusiastic and we wanted to get going with something, but we just couldn't. It took us a while before we found the right thing where we all said, yes, that's a fit. And that was when we decided to go the route of the sweet salon business. 
Right. All, yeah. all four of us looked at it and all four of us and we were very sub, subjective and, and, and very critical of it. In fact, I myself was very dismissive of it until we vetted it and looked at it. And then we all said, yeah, that's a fit. And so it was just a process. But but if I'm honest, I did. I don't know that I enjoyed it. Interesting, because I, I think it would be a process. I've never done that. I've never sat down and gone through different ideas for businesses. But it would be a process I believe I would enjoy. Yeah. I think I will enjoy it more now because I, because I've learned that that's the process. And over the last few years, you and I have, have done a lot of work on enjoying the journey. And so I think I would enjoy it a lot more now than I did uh, seven years ago. That would be seven or eight years ago. Yeah. I'm one of those individuals who gets excited about new ideas and so when people approach me about new business ideas, I'm always excited about it, whether it's it's valid or not, or whether we think it's going to work or not. I, I get excited about them. So that's probably one reason why I would enjoy the process, because mm-hmm. I just when I think about new business ideas, I, I think about the possibilities and the opportunities. Uh, actually, executing them can be a lot, you know, can be very difficult. But uh, when somebody brings up a new idea, I, I get excited about it. Yeah, and so do I. I call it my shiny object syndrome. But it's but it's different, David, that when someone brings you an idea and now you're like, oh, yeah, that sounds exciting. Let's talk about that versus, OK, let's uh, vet. We have no idea to start with. Let's find one. Let's see what ideas come up. Let's go look here and there. And you come up with one and you vet it and it ends up in a dead end. So that's a slightly different process. So, yeah. You know, so that's that's the part I had a challenge with. I, mean, I remember clearly on some meetings where the four of us would get together and I would be frustrated because here we had all this enthusiasm, desire, wherewithal, had the money. That wasn't an issue. We had the people. We had the money. So in other words, we had the resources. We just didn't have a good idea or until it, until we found it. It took us a bit. Right. You know? And that's a, that's a very good point. You were trying to get from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. And so you were somewhat in a, in a hurry to get there. You didn't have the freedom or flexibility to think about new ideas at random. That's right. This is Henry Lopez, co-host of the How of Car Washing podcast with an exciting announcement. My co-host David Begin and I have designed a task management system for our car wash business. It helps us manage all of the operational tasks at our wash locations like repair work orders, scheduled maintenance, and all of the checklists that we use to keep the wash running smoothly. We call it the Car Wash Operating System. And it helps us manage our operations so that we can drive maximum performance in our business. We are now offering the car wash operating system to other wash owners. If you're looking for ways to improve your operations by reducing downtime and reducing maintenance costs, then we invite you to learn more about our affordable solution at carwashos.com. The Car Wash Operating System is a task management software solution designed to help you manage your operational tasks so that you can drive maximum performance at your wash business. Again, to find out more about the Car Wash Operating System, please visit carwashos.com. So let's segue into sources of ideas where they come from, where people can look for those things. I know for me, it comes from so many different places, and that's obvious, I'm sure, for our listeners. It comes from my readings of business books and 
readings of uh, business people profiles. It comes from listening to podcasts. It comes from observing art and architecture experiences that I've had or continue to have. Uh, travel is a big one that influences me. Conversations with others, especially existing and aspiring entrepreneurs. So, so people that are like-minded, I get a lot of ideas, hobbies, and then I, I, at the end of the day, I'm stealing from others. I'd like to think I'm borrowing and improving upon them, but I'm collecting all of that. And that's what fuels my creativity or my idea process. How about for you? Interesting. I, I think a lot of ideas for businesses come up for existing, my existing day-to-day work. And I think about the problems I have and I think about businesses that can be created to solve the particular problem. So I, I come more more at it from the standpoint of pain. I, I think about the different points of pain that I have. And I said, wouldn't it be great if I could hire a company who could screen, interview, train, and deliver me a ready trained employee? And what would I be willing to pay for that? And I think about the problems I've got and I think about, oh, well, this would be a great business for somebody to create to go out and solve that. So most of mine are around problems that I have, problems that people have, issues that people have. I know uh, we've talked about different types of ideas. For example, when, you know, both of us are cyclists and we've talked about the situation where you've forgotten that you had a bike on top of your vehicle and tried to drive into your garage. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, it quite didn't fit. But you think, okay, well, there's a there's a problem that most people have. What's what's a good way to solve that? So we were kind of coming up with the creative ideas on how to how to solve that problem. So mine come from problems, from from pain that people have, and problems that I have in business, problems that other people have in business. And I, I just I tend to be kind of tuned into to that. Not only from my standpoint, because I always want to make my life easier, but listening to what other people and what their issues are. Yeah, and then you and I, I think it's related to that, but you and I have also often talked about that where we do have in common is when we are someplace, some other place of business or standing in line at some place, we're always looking for how can we fix that or improve it? And that's right. a source of ideas as well, right? Right, right. Yeah, and I think I think it's a combination of being in tune to what's going on at the time. So being present and being aware and being observant but I think it's the other component that I think you bring, and it's also being what type of creativity do you bring to it as well? And I think that talks about a lot of the things that you you like to do with reading and listening to podcasts and studying architecture and traveling. And those are more creative endeavors that tend to open up your mind to new ideas. So I think it's a kind of a combination of both things. But it's it's interesting that we we sort of address it and bring come to it from different standpoints. I come to it more from a pragmatic perspective, how can I fix a problem? And I think you come at it more from a creative standpoint. Agreed. Agreed. And that's, that's a perfect segue into an article that I read not long ago. I, I did a blog post on it on our Levante business blog. It was an article called How to Generate Good Ideas by Bell Cooper. And in it, she quotes Steve Jobs. And he says on this point uh, that creative people are able to connect experiences they've had and synthesize new things. In his observation, creative people consistently have had more experiences or they have thought more about their experiences than other people. So I think there's a lot there. And that is that what he's saying is that it's not just the experience, but as you're saying, being aware of that experience, taking it in, observing it critically, and not just you know running through it. 
not just checking off the tourist attractions, let's say, but actually observing, watching the people. How do people interact? How do they do things? How is architecture and its form and what, what do people do in it or how do they behave in certain spaces? So I think that's what he meant is that he would think about those experiences and that then influenced creativity. And that was his perspective. And I, I could not agree with it more. Yeah, that's a really interesting way to look at it because I, I try to become observant when I'm traveling, but it's not necessarily a source of ideas for me. And I don't it might be an idea that I want to steal mm -hmm. if I see something sure. you know, in Europe and I think it's a good idea. I want to bring it over here. But I, I don't I don't see it as a source of good ideas, maybe like you do. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. When I return from a trip, I feel energized. It's and there's a combination of reasons why, but I certainly let those experiences then influence my thought process and my creativity. So um, another practical, let's, let's take a practical right turn, if you will, and, and something that business owners, especially if we're talking about existing ideas, excuse me, an existing business and expanding ideas, adding an idea. And actually, let me take a step back. What, we've been chatting here about mostly a new idea. So a new idea for a new business. But there's also, of course, generating ideas to help us grow and expand our existing business. And what we, I think, are on the same page on, but I'll ask you here in a moment, is that for our existing businesses, I would say that the majority of our ideas come from listening to our customers and observing how they interact with our product. Would you agree with that? I would definitely agree with that. I think that's a source of how to make changes and come up with new ideas and improve. You've got a ready set group of people who are willing to pay you for something. And they're also willing to tell you what you can be doing differently and what you've been doing better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and the, these people have a vested interest in you being successful. So I think it's a great, great source of information for you. And of course, we also want to observe our competitors. What are they doing? New players in the market. We're always looking for what they're doing and how they might be looking to change the market or reacting to that. But, but certainly it comes, and this is basic stuff. This isn't something we've come up with. If you read any of the experts on this topic, Seth Godin and many others, listening to the customer, the closer you are to the customer, you, we know that from a corporate world, right? The closer you are to the customer, even in sales, the closer you are to the prospective customer, the better off you're going to be, the more productive you're going to be, the better you're going to understand what they are looking for and therefore, or what you can sell them. Um, a more practical approach as well is this whole new area of crowdsourcing and crowd creativity. We've been using a lot of that, uh, well, maybe not a lot of that, but we've been experimenting with some of that, for example. And a very simple example might be creation of a logo. So creation of a logo, for example, when we created the iTopit logo, we went out to a crowdsourcing site and got a bunch of ideas. And uh, the truth on that one is that we didn't, uh, we did not end up using the winning design, but we took that design that was influenced by, I don't know, maybe 80 to 90 artists from around the world. And then took that to a graphic artist locally and fine-tuned it and came up with the final product. But that was an example of where we got ideas from others. And again, this is where the internet comes in and crowd creativity comes in. And you can do this very affordably as another way to take an idea. Now, this is not something you would do for a new business idea per se, but it's all those other smaller ideas that are part of a launch or part of expanding your business, or in this case, in my example, part of branding. So that's something that, that we should all look at using more and more. Right. The other part of that, 
Henry, is crowdfunding. So the big part of a new idea now, a lot of people are using crowdfunding to see if they can get enough people interested in an idea. And a lot of uh, venture capitalists and equity companies are looking to see if people are doing crowdfunding before they're willing to give money. So it's a way of kind of testing their idea in the marketplace and seeing if people are willing to help them fund a basic prototype in some cases or, you know, the first run of something and uh, to, to see if people like it. Crowdfunding is really becoming a new idea. It's, it's a great way to kind of test your idea in the marketplace and see if people are interested or not. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so glad you brought that up because I had forgotten about that or didn't think about that as I was putting it together in the notes. But that is, you're exactly right. I'm seeing so much going on there. And it makes a heck of a lot of sense, especially if it's something that lends itself to prototyping, if it's a product or something like that. But that's exactly what you're getting there is you're getting all of these people testing and validating your idea before you would actually go to broader market. And so it, it's just it's a perfect way to iterate if it if it if your idea or your product relates to that, right, or, or or supports that. But that's a fantastic point. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that right. up. Uh, but let's segue then as we start to uh, end this to creativity, because we've been touching on that ideas, creativity, are they one and the same? Do you, do you have to be a creative person, whatever that means? Do you have to be a creative person to be able to come up with good ideas? What, what's your thought on that? I think being creative is one component of it. Creative in terms of creative type of people. Uh, I think creative people are probably the ones that come up with new ideas more than than others. I think about my wife likes to watch the show Project Runway. And I don't know if your wife likes to watch it as well. But you think about those people on that show coming up with new fashion ideas. They've, they're tremendously creative. And they're, they're moving, they're moving the, the mark when it comes to fashion. They're, you know, they're taking risks and sometimes they're successful and sometimes they're not. Mm -hmm. But that's a good example of somebody who's creative. I think there's a component of creativity that needs to be put into place. I don't know if you necessarily have to be creative to come up with new business ideas. I think it's interesting because I think you come at it from the direction of you do take a creative approach to new business ideas where I think I'm not, I don't always come up with brand new ideas. I tend to take things that are existing and I try to improve them or I try to replicate them uh, and try to make them better. I'm probably not as creative when it comes to new business ideas as maybe you are. And, and I don't disagree with uh, the fact that you don't have to be creative. I kind of blend them all together, which maybe I am saying that. So for me, it's one and the same, the where it comes from and the courage to come up with ideas and put those ideas up there to be shot down potentially. I think it all comes from the same place. There's a, a good quote here that I want to read from Seth Godin. Uh, quote, you can't have good ideas unless you're willing to generate a lot of bad ones, end quote. And so I, that right. is at the heart of, I think, why we struggle with whether it's creativity or ideas or if they're one in the same. I believe very strongly, and I've given this a lot of thought over the years, and, and most recently a good book, by the way, uh, and you can find it, find it on our resource list, is a book by Austin Kleon. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. And the book is Steal Like an Artist, and I'll include that in the show notes. It's a great, easy-to-read book that touches on the subject of how do we develop our creativity, therefore our ability to create new ideas. But I think, and you and I were chatting about this earlier, that what happens is we learn 
whether we like it or not, through childhood and into early adulthood, certainly in our school system, that we kind of keep our ideas and creativity to ourselves because it's so personal that we have learned, a lot of us have learned not to put it out there because when you reject my idea, it's very personal. I created that. It's like if I color something and I hold it up and you ridicule it, I learned very quickly at a young age that, well, I, I better keep that to myself. I better right. keep my creativity to myself. I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to put myself out there. And I think that's part of why people lose touch with what we all have, which is a natural childhood creativity. And it's a matter of tapping back into that that I think is the key. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. I think being creative and having a lot of ideas or I kind of go hand, it's kind of they take parallel tracks because you're going to have to have, you're going to have to feel comfortable being creative. You're going to have to risk failure. But with ideation, you're going to have a lot of ideas. I, I'd agree with Seth Godin's um, quote that, you know, you're going to have to have a lot. You're going to have to throw out quantity and, and do this on a regular basis. And a lot of entrepreneurs would encourage you to come up with two or three good ideas a day or business ideas just to get your, you know, your wheels spinning in that area. And what that does, that will make you more creative. It'll make you more observant. It'll let you think about, you know, what are problems in the world that need to be solved. So I think those two things very much go hand in hand. This whole concept then, as I touched up on the beginning, that because there are very few new brand, really truly brand new ideas, the truth is that what we're doing is we're taking existing ideas, improving upon them, disrupting a way of distributing or getting at something. So we're borrowing from others, and that's the way it always has been. Uh, some of my favorite artists or artistic people from Hemingway to Picasso, they all have spoken to this. It's all They've all spoken to this point about how they do it. And essentially, it's again what uh, is in this book, Steal Like an Artist, which is that we steal or borrow from others. Steal is a word we don't like to use, but we're taking this input, whether it's from our creative inputs or because we're observing a problem or reacting to a problem or a pain, like you said, whatever that source might be, we're taking that input, we're thinking about it, and then we're saying, hey, I have a different way to do that, or I have a new way to do that. Or maybe it does inspire a completely new idea, but that's the process, and that whether you call it ideation or creativity, it doesn't matter, that's the process, I think. Yeah, and I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I think it gets back to you know, a combination of being creative and being observant at the same time. And like, like you said, I mean, nothing, you know, there's, you've heard the quote before, nothing's new under the sun. And it's just a matter of taking those building blocks and putting them together to create something unique. So let's start ending it by some practical, I think, advice or questions that I often will ask myself or I have and ask my clients to ask themselves when they're coming up with new ideas. This will be at the start of these, I'm going to go through or mostly for a new idea for a new business, but it could apply to a new idea to expand or add to your business. Uh, but let me start with the first one. When you think about this idea, the question, a good question might be, what need does my product or service fill? What problem does it solve? So I think that's one good top question to ask yourself when you come up with an idea. Right. Sure. Uh, what are the features and benefits of my offering? So often what I'll do when I'm working with clients and they've got an idea, I make them just do a feature and benefit dump. And, and that what that helps to do is it starts to then we work on focusing that on really what's at the heart of the idea 
that has the possibility of becoming a business, whether it, again, it's an addition to an existing business or a brand new business. Uh, what are my competitive or what is my competitive advantage? What makes me truly unique? This is this is a key one, David. I've made this mistake and I'm sure I'll make it again where we kid ourselves about how unique my idea really is. What, what are your thoughts on that one? Well, we, we think we come up with a competitive advantage, but and it could be truly different, but doesn't make a difference to the customer. Mm-hmm. So you could be unique in the market. Does the customer recognize that and are enough customers willing to pay for that? I think that's the question you've got to ask yourself. You take those first three questions. When you ask your clients that come in and are thinking about new businesses, where, where do they typically stumble? I'm sorry, say that again? Yeah, if you take these first three questions yep. that you came up yep. with, where do your clients typically stumble? Oh, on, the, on this last one, on the on the question of whether it's truly unique. because, And I, I find myself doing it as well, even with the experience that I have, is that we – we hear it's that there's a term for it that's not coming to my head, but we take in the data we want to take to support our emotional argument for why this is a great idea. And we will even go so far as to block out evidence to the contrary. And that's why having a mentor or an advisor or a friend that that looks at your idea, uh, there's just to go on a, an ex, on a sidetrack here, there's this concept of, well, I should keep my ideas private because I don't want others to steal it. But more and more, the more I read from people who are successful is they they let their ideas air if for no other reason to, than to get that that input. Now I might there might be twenty people I put it in front of and they say oh that's a bad idea and I might still go forward, but the biggest thing to your question is that we kid ourselves about how unique our idea is or or we make this mistake which we have made uh, our service will be better. We'll just be better at it. Well, exactly how? Because it depends on what you're selling and you may not be able to differentiate yourself on that. So it is a very difficult thing. And I think you have to get, sometimes you have to get outside help on really assessing whether you truly have something that's unique or it's different than everybody else who might be offering a similar thing in the market. So if you can't come up with a competitive advantage, does that mean you shouldn't start a business? I think you have to really, as I say, then then it segues into the next question, which is, what's the business model? So let's put together the business model. So how are you saying you're going to make money doing this? And if that's, again, based on I'm just going to get more customers because I'm going to be shinier or newer or have better service, my opinion is that's not a good business idea. And so that's that's where I, I usually then will kill the idea there or have my client ask themselves some real strong questions about whether it's viable or not. Okay. And that's hard to that's hard to digest. Right. Uh, right. But, but that's I think that's where we make big mistakes. Um, here's some other ones. How do my skills and experience fit with my idea? And that's an interesting one. So it's not necessarily because there's plenty of people, including myself, who have started businesses in an industry that they didn't have any prior experience with. But I do find that I always was able to bring, even when I transitioned from the corporate world to the small business ownership world, I brought certain skills and abilities that did translate and that I do believe helped me be successful. Um, When I didn't, then that's when you need to look for, should I partner with someone who has that experience? When I that's a good when I bought my first pizza franchise in the early '90s, and I had no uh, understanding of that business whatsoever. My partner had been running and managing and working at a pizza restaurant, the same franchise, by the way, for ten years. So he had the knowledge of the business that I did not have. 
let me get to the last few because I think they're critical as well. How do 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 I have a passion to sell this idea to others? And then this is, I think, the second part. Do I want, can I see myself doing this 10 years from now? And I think that second one's probably, and that's, someone, that's one that I picked up somewhere that I think is very powerful. In other words, envision yourself doing that thing, running that car wash, running that pizza store, running that mechanic shop, whatever it might be, whatever your idea is, running that consulting firm. 10 years from now. And how does that fit into my overall long-term life goals? That's another big part of vetting this idea and seeing if it really is a fit for you. We've talked about that, for example, as it relates to where, where we're trying to move to in our next chapters of life and moving more towards uh, virtual type businesses, IP-based businesses, as opposed to necessarily brick and mortar businesses. That doesn't mean we won't do a brick and mortar business if it makes sense. But that's what I mean by this new idea that I have, you have to ask yourself, does it fit in with where I want to be within my plans, depending on how far out you have plans, five years, 10 years, whatever it might be. But can but the better question might be, can I see myself doing that 10 years from now? Yeah, that's a good so point. So those are good questions to help with as a practical takeaway, as we always try to do in these episodes. Those are just some questions, and those will be in the show notes, all of these questions, to help you ask yourself and kind of discern, is it a good idea? Which is such, that probably is the million-dollar question, right? And I, I would love every time I have an idea, be able to go to a guru and ask him, him or her, is this a good idea? And they tell me unequivocally, yes or no, but it doesn't work that way, does it? No, it does not. It does not. I wish it would, but uh, it's a very difficult subject, I mean, coming up with not only different ideas, but how do you execute on them? So I would agree with that. And then it, to, to wrap things back up as well, it, that's why it ties so much to the creative process and the ideation process and why we sometimes are hesitant to share it. We don't want anybody to shoot it down. We take it personally. Maybe we've been thinking about this idea for a long time. It's our baby. It's our, it's our dream. And, and then you, you know, shoot holes in it. And so that, that's hard. And I get that. But you have to be honest with yourself and you have to get some good input and you have to let that idea breathe and ask yourself some hard questions before you move forward with it. Okay. Very good. So great. So that's a, that's what I wanted to cover here in this episode, Dave. So I think we've covered some good uh, subject here from kind of the types of ideas that you come up with, a little bit on the differences between ideas for new businesses versus ideas to help you grow your business. And then this concept of creativity, do you have to be creative or not? And then the questions to ask yourself and all of that will be in the show notes. Terrific, Henry. Thanks a lot. Thanks for putting that together. I appreciate you uh, putting these ideas together and want to encourage people to keep working on their ideas and uh, we'll see where they go. Okay, Henry, thanks so much for that. Please go to iTunes or any place where you listen to this particular podcast and let us know what you think and give us ideas on our website. Thanks for listening. And we'll look forward to having you next time. Thank you for listening to The How of Car Washing. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com and leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on The How of Car Washing.